You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode one of P.S. Meet Me at Stage Door. My name is Libby, and my co-host here is Victoria. Hi. <laughs> so we're going to talk all things theater today, but first, we're going to introduce ourselves so you guys can get a little bit of an insight into who we are. So my name is Libby, I'm 21, and I went to drama school, and that's actually how me and Tori met. We met at drama school together, which we have a little bit of a story for you guys. (laughs) Yes, we met at the same drama school. So my name is Tori, I am 22, so I am just a little bit older than Libby over there, and so I was just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, so we, yeah, we met at drama school and I was the year above Libby over here and, um, yeah, we'll tell our story in a little bit. It's not a romantic story at all. Um, and yeah, so I guess we're just going to give you guys a little bit more of an insight about us and kind of a bit about why we decided to start this podcast Mm. and yeah. I mean, I guess we'll start by telling the story of how we met each other and then kind of how it blossomed into this beautiful friendship oh. and how we started this podcast. Friendship. <laughs> <laughs> so we met in, it would be my second year of drama school. So my second year of yeah. uni and at my uni, when you're in your fifth trimester, so in your second year, you do a musical and we were doing the musical and it was what was it it was the night before opening day it was the night before opening night yeah and I had this so I guess I kind of got to tell you what the show is to know why I had such quick change um we were doing a show called the pajama game um and I was playing the role of Sadie Lee yes I did make up her name because she didn't have a name (laughs) so I was playing Sadie Lee and pretty much we went from I had a very quick change from um a song in the show called Hernando's hideaway into like this kind of little rebellion kind of moment where I had to I had a very large costume for Hernando's hideaway I had like four or five pieces of clothing 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 (laughs) that I had to change out of and pretty much what happened was the costume for that I had this sequined leotard that had these massive feathers i had to change my bra because i had this sparkly red bra going on Ooh, i had uh, a skin tight fishtail skirt with my beautiful gut hanging out so ah, that was beautiful sexy and i also had to change my shoes and in the process of doing that i had a very quick change we were in a room that had a grand piano 
didn't realise someone had left the piano open and the girl that was helping me quick change, which in fact was not Libby. No, it wasn't me. But the girl that was helping me quick change, uh, I pretty much bent down to change my shoes um, and on the way down smacked just above my left eye on the edge of the piano extremely hard um and so straight away it started bleeding and I was like well this is the final run I kind of I just like I was kind of in shock almost I was just like I just have to go like I just have to get dressed and I just have to go and like went out on stage and did the thing with like I could feel there was blood on my face I couldn't really see out of my left eye it was it was a good fun time and uh did it and then once we were sitting down getting notes, I called over our stage manager and was like, hey, um, would it be okay if I go just because, like, I feel real dizzy, I have a massive lump on my head and blood running down my face? She was like, she, so of course she said I could leave. <laughs> and then the next day when I came back for opening, I was assigned a carer. And my carer was Libby. So she was pretty much following me around because I had quite a bad concussion. Um, so she was pretty much following me around. As her little carer, I would like follow yeah. her around and make sure she's okay. I'm like, are and you like, conscious, Tori? And are you giving okay? me Powerade, <laughs> I think. And like, I don't remember a whole lot. That was a whirlwind mm. of a show. And the reason I was actually there was because uh, in your first year, you get the option to help out with the musical. So I was an SM. So that's Oh, an ASM, which is an assistant stage manager. So I was basically backstage helping with quick changes, opening curtains. So I was making sure Tori did not die. uh, die. Yeah, that's good. Because we had a a really intricate set, didn't we? All those big doors at the back and the table that broke on opening night while someone was on it. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And then I, like, forgot to... um, I forgot to put down the clamps on one of the tables and one of the people started to roll away. <laughs> was like, and they were like, okay, cool. I'm not going to get on the table in All this run. <laughs> like my most vivid memory was the head injury and in I'm Not At All In Love on the opening night, whoever was playing Babe that night, I can't remember who it was on opening night, sat on the table for I'm Not At All In Love and the table just collapsed. And there I was. <gasps> Not knowing what to do because I was one of the people that like pushed her around on the table and I was just trying to hold the table up because I don't think she realized that the table was broken. And so we were just there like, oh God, like we cannot, it's collapsed in the middle. We cannot hold this table up. (laughs) So that show was a fun time, but I guess that's kind of the cute little story of how we know each other. And then Mm. from there, we invited you to a party of ours and we kind of just grew closer from there. We played D&D together for a while. Yeah, that's right, guys. We played D&D. Oh, yeah. Well, we did. (laughs) We did. (laughs) Not anymore. But I guess, yeah, that's kind of the little cute story of how we met and blossomed into this beautiful friendship. And I guess we can tell you a little bit more about how we decided to do this podcast. I guess um, I'd gone on another podcast a couple of weeks ago and um, it was so fun. It was such a good time and it was it's so you know, talking about your experiences, your stories, it's a fun thing to do to share with people. And Tori has been wanting to do a mm. podcast for about a year now. So she's been really wanting to do it for a long time. But it's kind of like, it's very similar with like YouTube. I struggle to like, because I do have a YouTube channel, but it's only got a couple of videos on it because you've got to like really prepare yourself for mm, it. And you've definitely. got to be like, cool, I'm going to do my makeup. I'm going to get ready for whatever I'm going to be talking about today and stuff like that. But then it's like, with this, I feel like, also, because on YouTube, you're talking to yourself. 
You're not oh, actually yeah. talking to someone. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, for example, when we start talking about a show or we start talking about something, yeah. it's just back and forth and we'll divulge for, you know, two hours worth of a conversation off of talking, you know, a new casting for a show. And so I was kind of like, for ages, I'd been wanting to do this. And I was like, but I don't, I don't really know if I want to do it by myself or how I'm going to even do it. And I started looking into it a little bit. And one day I was just like, hey, Libby, you want to do a podcast with me? And I was like, <laughs> hey, Tori. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I was just like, she's like one of my best friends. And we just, we do like our conversations just flow really easily. And yeah. we don't always necessarily agree or have the same opinions on stuff, mm. which is kind of even better yeah I think it's interesting when you don't have the same opinion because if you do it's kind of boring I think that's the whole thing about this podcast is we want to look at different musicals why we like them why we don't like them um and also hear from you guys about what what you guys really like and yeah what you, wanna, you want us to talk about because I mean I personally love you know a little bit of self-deprecation so I love oh, talking about my show mishaps and like what I kind of refer to as I think I think this is a term that was coined I'm doing air quotes coined by Catherine Steele but like bedtime stories in that these are just like the things that you talk about like oh my god do you remember that time when I was meant to go on for this and I didn't like I don't know I just love telling our personal stories and I love when other people have those stories that they can share with us I think it makes it more relatable and they're also really funny stories we've definitely got a lot of bedtime stories for you guys we've been in a couple of shows a lot of shows and with some very (laughs) interesting mishaps yeah I think we should actually talk about our favorite musicals because I feel like that's a really good way to start well I guess because something that I wanted to broach is that you know your favorite musical versus the favorite production Mm, you've seen yes I think for me my favorite musical I've got a couple yeah Um, oh no oh no tell us all tell us everything I feel like my favorite musicals are are Wicked and Les Mis but that's purely for the power aspect of how moving it is or the impact and I think my favorite musical I've actually seen it is between Wicked and it is between Muriel's Wedding which is a new Australian musical so if you're not from Australia check it out you can find it on Apple Music Um, listen to the soundtrack it is such a interesting funny yeah musical and it was definitely hashtag relatable yes I I felt like I could so relate to the characters in it and so that's why I think it was my favorite one because I related to Muriel I related to you know the song she was singing was so heartbreaking and Natalie Abbott um who actually went to the same uni as us she was a good acquaintance Natalie Abbott (laughs) I've Um, met her all of three times but she's the most beautiful human being I've ever seen in my life well, she was so, so great in it and she did um, a brilliant job and it was so, um, it was heart-wrenching, it was beautiful, it was funny, it had all the different things that you're looking for in a musical, which I found great. So I saw it three times, I think. Oh, wow. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know how it happened. People were like, do you want to come? I was like, yeah, why not? Like, I yeah. like it. I think I only go. saw it the once. I saw it the once when I got offered... Um, tickets actually from my from our old drama school from our oh, old uni yeah, yeah. got offered tickets and I actually there is a moment in the musical where a, a select few audience members get to go on stage and be exciting. part of Muriel's <laughs> wedding and it was like one of the funniest like most exciting moments for me because it's like 
being a part of it, but also knowing that you're not a part of it. And like the way the actors interacted with us, I was sitting there like, can't laugh, can't cry, just gonna, just gonna do what they've told me to do. I'm like pretending to take photos with these fake phones and that's it it was a it's a very good show it's a really good show like the way that it's been written and the music i will say the music is just so aussie i know i i actually love kate miller heike who wrote the music Mm -hmm. and i've been listening to her for years so when she announced that she was doing the music for muriel's wedding i was like yes because so many of her songs are just so witty um she has some great lyrics her lyrics are just tongue-in-cheek and yeah. she knows what she wants to talk about. And, and she, she definitely has that style very kind of similar to Kate Bush kind of style mm. where it's not as not as quirky. I still think it's quirky, but yeah. I feel like Kate Bush is definitely like, whoo, she's a completely different. She's like really, whereas I feel like Kate Miller-Heike, she just really, she knows what she's saying. Yeah. And if she doesn't want to say it directly, she'll find a way to say it. Just like, like she writes almost like, musical poetry and I think in her music and how she did Muriel's it was really interesting because you hear her solo music it's super quirky it's super um insane like she's very operatic she's like oh Oh, yeah I I remember when I started doing singing (laughs) lessons and I tried to do what is it called caught in the crowd is that no end of the world yeah I was trying to sing it and I was always like, I can do this. I'm a princess. And I was like, oh, you're like listening, like thinking back to it now. I'm like, oh, the vocal nodules. I would have given myself trying to do that. I know. But she tamed it back a lot for Muriel's. And I think she did a really good job of going from a pop genre into the music theatre genre. And I know she did opera beforehand, so she has a bit of knowledge about mm-hmm. about music theatre and about, um, you know, especially because, you know, opera's kind of in the same realm as theatre. It's, it's very different and there's a lot you can go into about that. Oh, yeah. But in that way, she was very smart in how she wrote it and it, it does fit the music theatre genre, genre. Yeah, and I think when I originally heard that it was going to be her, I was a little worried that it was going to be you know, a little too quirky and not quite as understandable, but I feel like she did the blend so well. Mm. And for like a pop or contemporary artist, or even an opera artist to write music for music theater, it can either work just seamlessly because especially mm-hmm. I think for people that are good with their words. So mm-hmm. write that more poetry based music where it's like, these are the words and the music will work around it. They just understand the storytelling of it more. Like when I saw SpongeBob, the musical on Broadway. Oh, yes. Whilst, don't get me wrong, it was a fun show. But there were moments that I was like, I just felt kind of a bit of a disconnect between. I was like, yeah, this music is really boppy, but I actually have no idea what's happening in the plot right now. Mm, that's really hard and that's a balance that you have to achieve and I feel like that was also a little bit whilst I love the idea that pretty much I think every song in that show and feel free to correct me if I am wrong um but I feel like I'm pretty sure almost every show in Spongebob um is actually written by a different pop artist so it can there were moments where I was like oh the flow from that piece to that piece was just like it was kind of uncomfortable like I didn't feel like it seamlessly flowed through the story and it doesn't necessarily have to but there should be a way of linking it all Mm -hmm. so that it kind of at the end of it you go oh okay like yeah I get it and I left being like that was a fun show but I didn't get a whole lot 
from out it. of it. Yeah. yeah. What are your favorite musicals that you've seen slash your actual favorite? So <laughs> for me, so one of my all time favorite musicals would have to be Anastasia. Oh, beautiful. I love that show with all my heart. Just like I also absolutely love, love, love Spring Awakening. And those are probably Great. two of my all-time favorite shows. Um, but in terms of the favorite production I've ever seen, that would actually have to be the um, Broadway revival of Once on this Island. That was oh. just... That was just like a complete and utter like different experience. And like that was like a life-changing show for me. It was wow. just like... So it was done at, I believe the theatre is called Circle in the Square. So it's, I think it's, it's right near where Wicked plays on Broadway. Yeah. And I really didn't know what to expect going into it because I had actually chosen at the last minute to go see that show. I was going to enter the ticket raffle for that day. They weren't actually doing the ticket raffle that day. So I just ended up going and buying a ticket for it. Um, but it is um, theatre in the round. And I didn't listen to the music going, you know what, I'm just going to go in, see it, see what it's like, see what the story has to offer. Straight away, like walking into that theatre, I was like, like, holy, like, Jesus Christ, like, this is just amazing. Like, the floor was covered in sand. There was half of a truck at the back end of the theatre where the band was and where a lot of cast members come out of. They had like almost like a sewage drain that was filled with water that had water flowing into the theatre. It was just, it was an experience and it felt like everything happening throughout the show was represented not only by the actors and by the music, but by the set and the surroundings that it had. It was just, it was just a completely different experience. And because you know, going into it and not have listening to it. Like, of course, I adore Anastasia and it is a beautiful show and I've seen it twice on Broadway now and I've met Christy Altimore twice and she is, like, one... Like, Christy Altimore and, like, Carrie Hope Fletcher are, like, two of my biggest mm. icons and I got to meet one of my, like, big idols and... What was that like? She, oh, like, Christy Altimore is just, like... She's just the most beautiful, like, little human being I have <laughs> ever met. She is Pocket so... Full of talent. She is. She's just so kind and so caring. And, like, you know, a stage door and 100% stage door is not guaranteed. The actors are not paid to do it. They do not have to do it if they don't want to. It's just a fun added bonus that you get if they decide to do it that day. Mm-hmm. And every time I went, Christy Altamar was there. And she would spend like 15, 20 minutes talking with people. Like it wasn't like a thing of quick, got to go down, got to sign, got to like get out of here. Like just got to do my job and like go home. She was genuinely interested and invested in the people that were coming to see her show and the people that were invested in her. And it, it was just both times I met her, like the first time obviously it was my first time meeting her and I cried and she Aww. hugged me because it was just like an overwhelming thing because her show when I went to see Anastasia the first time it was the first time that I had decided to stage door so I wasn't really sure how it worked I actually went out and bought my own sharpies because I thought that I had to take them but turns out they have their own and they bring their own because I actually haven't been to America so I haven't been to Broadway yet yet (laughs) yet is the word um but what is it the stage door experience like it's it's just an opportunity to you know and sometimes it is really quick 
And like when I went to Mean Girls, a lot of those people came out and were like, I'm really sorry, I can't do photos tonight. Like I'm in a rush, but I will happily go around and quickly sign your playbill for you. Mm-hmm. And But for some shows, like with Anastasia, the cast actually come and they talk to you. It's just a completely different experience because you see these people on stage. And for me, I don't think it ruins the, um, no. the immersion at all. It's just, it's a completely like just meeting these people and especially for people that work in theater like we Mm. do it's just going these are real people they are no different to us they get up in the morning they you know they go to the gym or they walk their dog and they go and they perform that night Mm -hmm. like they are the same as us and even though I think Christy Altamore is like a goddess in human flesh that they are the same as us and they want to interact with us and I think the the times that ruin it is when people get angry being like oh you didn't like why won't you take a photo with me I'm like they are not paid to be here they are if they come out and see you at stage door they want to be here they Mm -hmm. want to meet you if they don't have time to do it that night they also have lives. Yeah. It's a, it's a they are, and that's the thing. They are normal people. Yeah. They have lives. And I think it's very different to like Hollywood celebrities. Whilst like, if you see a Hollywood celebrity in real life, people tend to swarm them. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, I'm going to get your signature and I'm going to sell it on the internet. For theater goers and people that do stage door, whilst it's that same level of excitement, but we are also so aware. They are people. They, they are human beings. They are there because they want to be there. They've just done like a whole show. A whole show. They are tired. They want to go home, but they also want to meet you and they want the chance to thank you for coming and seeing their show. Because at the end of the day, the the audience and the theatre goers is what keeps a show going. But I mean, that was a very long tangent from me talking about (laughs) my favourite shows. We go on lots of tangents here. Oh, oh, we do, we do. But no, ultimately, my two favourite musicals are Anastasia and um, Spring Awakening and also Into the Woods. Just throw another one in there. Oh, I love Um, Into the Woods. I love me some Stephen Sondheim. Oh, we love some Um, Stephen Sondheim. I guess while we're here, we may also talk about just like very briefly, because, you know, maybe we'll do one whole episode on this. Who knows? But just kind of how we got into theatre um, into, and into performing in the first place. So what about you, Libby? How did you get into theatre? Well, Tori. <laughs> um, hi, welcome to PS Maybe on Stage Doll. Well, how I got into theatre was definitely when I was a kid. I was pretty lucky where my uh, grandfather, my pop, he was very into musicals. He used to do them when he actually did some down at Campbelltown just for fun, like recreational. Oh, the Campbelltown yeah, Theatre Company. He did like OG like um, Campbelltown Theatre Company uh, shows, and so he would sit me down and I would watch My Fair Lady. I watched a lot of Audrey Hepburn films. I um I watched West Side Story, and I think West Side Story was when I went, wow, this is what I want to do. It was so impactful. And sitting down when I was, I was probably like seven or eight when I watched that. And I just knew that's what I wanted to do. And it was really interesting because um, going, growing up into year 12 and and figuring out, you know, like I want to do this as a career. It was very hard because I was singing a lot. I was acting a lot. I knew that's, that was what I wanted to do, but dancing, I hadn't done so much and there was always something I went, oh, I'm just going to go into acting then because I can't dance. And and I feel like that has definitely changed. Like the stereotypes around that have changed in theatre since then. So I just kind of one day I went, 
screw it. I'm just going to do it. You know, if I fail, I fail. But if I don't try, yeah. then I'm going to hate myself for it. The stereotypes of around theatre and it being a career have changed so much, probably in our, like personally, in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when I was probably like eight or something to do musical theatre, it was like, you had to be this very specific kind of person. And Mm -hmm. there was only like this really small group of people and they were the people that were always getting hired. And whilst that still happens, anyone can do Mm theatre and like you can create your own theatre. And I feel like now in this place where, I mean, we do live in a country where theatre is not as plentiful as we would like it to be. And it's definitely hard to get new theatre off the ground. But more and more opportunities are starting to come to light. But it's very much a culture here in Australia where you, if you want to make it, you do have to create your own theatre and you do have to get yourself out there. You can't just go to catacall auditions and expect something to happen from it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think we all started at a, well, I mean, not everybody started at a young age. Some people just step into it when they're like in their fifties or sixties and do it for as long as they can. Exactly. How did you get into theatre? I mean, Mine is a long story, so I will keep it short for now, but I, growing up, was a figure skater, so I always loved performing, and I always loved singing, Um, and then after a while doing, like, being um, a competitive figure skater, I just kind of decided that it became a chore, not something I enjoyed anymore, Yeah. Um, and I started to get more into going to drama classes, because I was very shy, and just kind of started to branch out more. And I think I really personally started actually in theatre rather than in music theatre. So like the first kind of productions I did were straight plays like The Crucible. Um, And so I kind of just, I think my real awakening was I had seen musicals before. Like I had seen, I think, you know, Lion King, Cats, Phantom of the Opera. And then when I was like in year seven, we went and saw Wicked when it was here for the first time in Sydney. And it was that moment when the overture started. Oh, yeah, the overture kills me every time. I, for no rhyme or reason, and I was so confused at the time, just started crying. Yeah. I was just like, this is beautiful. And when when Elphaba started singing um, The Wizard and I, I just had this moment that I've spoken about so often where I was like, I can't sit here. Like, I need to be up there. That That's where I belong. Mm-hmm. That's where I should be. Um, not necessarily as Alphabet. I have since seeing it for that first time realized I am not an Alphabet. I am a Glinda. <laughs> um, but just being like, I don't care what I need to do. That is where I will be. Yeah. And so I kind of then from there, I looked into actually moving schools. And that's another story in itself, but moved to a performing arts high school. And then, you know, all the way through, I was kind of very set. Like I knew what I was going to do. I knew what school I was going to go to and I actually auditioned for that school and got in but couldn't afford it and went okay auditioned for another school that I wasn't as keen at like I wasn't as keen on that school but then I actually met the choreographer and the head of studies and went oh I actually I really like this environment and Mm. I really like these people and when I actually got offered um, when I got accepted into that school, I just went, this is, this is the school that I belong at. This is, yeah, this is where I can see myself, you know, being able to move forward. And whilst I don't think any school is perfect and every school has their own strength, I just felt so comfortable at the start 
with that school and it because it, it is a rude awakening going to a uh, musical yes. um like going to drama school because a you know like I went oh yeah <laughs> a lot of personality I went from a very very tiny performing arts high school like my graduating class was like 12 people being like I am one of Heflick, I am one of the most talented singers here. <laughs> and then going into a musical theatre degree and that very first day when we all had to get up on stage and sing and I just literally went, well, shit. Yeah. There are a lot of us. There's a We're lot of talented really good. people. Yep. Well, shit. <laughs> and that's why I think it really kind of went, oh, this is this industry. This is going to be hard. But never for a moment did I actually want to quit yeah. being in the industry. There were moments where I was like, why am I doing this? But not for a moment did I ever think, no, I just can't do this anymore. I think as well um, with even this industry, and it's tough, but most industries are. You just mm. have to not give up and you have to have that passion and drive. If you don't, then it's probably not the right profession for you because yeah. it's quite tough. And you do have to think about why you're doing it. Yeah. Um, and there are definitely, there's no wrong answer, but there is definitely like things where you do have to sit down and be like, what am I, why am I doing this? Yeah. Um, and for me, it's always been a passion of performing and creating. Like I've always been a creative person. Um, and for me, just singing or acting just to like get out my emotions and just to, the passion that you feel performing or creating, it's just like, I was like, I can direct this all into theatre and to writing and I know that I'm going to feel fulfilled in my life yeah, by doing that. It's definitely the fulfilment. Yeah, I know. So what um, I feel like a good, a good thing to touch on for everyone to get to know a bit more about you know, what we've done, maybe what was your favourite role that you've ever played? Oh, God. Okay. Um, I'm going to do a theatre role and a um, like a straight play role because I do both I do do both I do do I do do um oh god I mean I know what my favorite play role is because it's the role that I've played twice now and I've learned so much from playing the role but my favorite um role in a play was Abigail in the Crucible um which was actually at Campbelltown Theatre Company I know um that was just I did it when I was in high school and I was very young and I was kind of like oh she's such like a evil witchy person um and then doing it again um at the beginning of last year I was like oh there is there is so much more to her um and whilst she is the villain she's also not and she's also almost a villain without a reason she just enjoys chaos Mm -hmm. um and I'm not I'm not often I don't think I'm not often cast as the evil character. No, Tori so, is not evil, guys. Just very so other. for me to be cast as something evil, it was just very different. Mm. Um, oh God, my favorite musical. Yeah, what's your favorite musical role? Because I know you've done a lot of plays. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh God, I mean, that's really hard. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've played my musical theatre, like my, my favourite yeah. musical role, role yet. Like I've done shows that I love very, very much. Um, but I don't know if I've played my favourite role yet in theatre. I mean, oh. I loved playing Celeste 2 in Sunday in the Park with George. She was a lot of fun. Yeah. She was just a cute little quirky 
character um she was so funny oh my god yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh we did that show together and oh my god it was so funny i mean <laughs> probably a favorite production i've done would be tales of Flavo with reprise that was oh, yeah it just taught me so much about people in this industry and like not fighting against each other working with each other working with each other mm. and helping each other just not fighting against each other Definitely. What about you? Um, I think, so theatre-wise, I haven't actually done a lot of plays. I did a couple of plays in in high school. I've definitely have been thinking about delving into the world of plays as well, but I haven't really done some, some since high school. I don't think they really count. They <laughs> weren't, you know. I did uh, The Popular Mechanicals. That was probably my favourite one, which is actually a spin-off of um, Shakespeare's, um, oh my God, what's the show called again? A Midsummer Night's Dream. There oh, we go. A Midsummer okay. Night's Dream. Yeah. So that was definitely my favorite. It was so funny. And I, I have a really good bedtime story about this one, <laughs> but I'm going to save it because, guys, you're going to want to hear this. <laughs> um, anyway, my, my musical theater one, I think, I mean, hands down, I mean, if anyone is listening who knows me, they'll know what mine is. Uh, <gasps> let me guess. Oh, my guess. God. Let me guess. Did she wear blue? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> so I played Veronica in Heathers. That was definitely a huge highlight for me because it was such a challenge. I think I was – I definitely knew that I wanted to play this role. I definitely know I could. And when I got the opportunity to do it – then comes the, oh my God, <laughs> you don't leave the stage and you have to sing very high for the whole yeah. thing. It's and definitely an intense role. Yeah. And like I, she goes through a lot in that show. Definitely. I learned so much about myself. I had to get really fit for it because it was so like the stamina for it. And I learned so much vocally. And I feel like now I could sing, I could sing that show better mm-hmm. because you just, yeah. you learn so much even in a short time. So, yeah, but I definitely am still striving to do some more of my favorite dream roles. Yeah, no, that's definitely, it's definitely a thing of like, I know there is auditions coming up soon for one of my dream shows and for a dream role. um, And it's that thing of like, I want to do that show so bad, but I would love to do it on a professional scale. But will I get that opportunity? And should I just take this while I can? And of course, I do have to even get into the show to begin with. Definitely. Um, it's competitive at all levels as well. Like, yeah. it is competitive in amateur theatre, in pro-am theatre, in professional theatre. You could be someone who's university doing... University theatre. Uni- university theatre. And you could be someone that's doing university theatre or amateur musicals. And you could get into a professional show. Yeah. I mean, I think Sydney, for me, I was from the Gold Coast. Yeah. The Gold Coast has, like, two theatres. Yeah. There's... <laughs> Not a lot going on. I mean, there is some more development actually happening now with um, my old singing teacher. He's doing a lot of great work down up there. But it's, yeah, coming to Sydney was such an eye-opener for me. I was like, whoa, there is so much theatre, but also good theatre. People are wanting to make good theatre. You have a lot of young people wanting to direct and create. There's so many new um, independent theatre companies coming up and being created from from university theatres. Some really great stuff coming out of um, the university theatre and them coming together as groups. So it's pretty pretty cool. I think... Yeah, there's, there's a lot more in Sydney than in um, some other places. But I guess when you compare the scale of, like, the Sydney independent theatre compared to, like, 
America. New York. Yeah. It is like, <laughs> it is literally the size of like a penny compared to the amount of independent theater that happens elsewhere, um, elsewhere around mm. the world. So now we're actually going to do a rapid fire question round. Just, just to get to know us a little bit more. And I know that Libby has prepared her questions. I have prepared. I'm very prepared. <laughs> and I have not. So I'm just going to hopefully. She's like, all right. Think of some. <laughs> we'll see if you can think of them off the bat. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go first. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. How rapid fire is this? I don't know. Okay, we'll see how it goes. I think we'll, we'll start. At a pace. Yeah, yeah. At a pace. We'll go at a pace. At a pace. <laughs> All right. First question. Do you like Andrew Lloyd Webber? Okay, look. That is very... Rapid fire, okay, Tori. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I um grew up with like cats and stuff like that. There are shows of his that I really like. Shows of his that I'm like, oh, not great. Um, right now I am at, on like a very even playing field with him with the new Cinderella with Carrie Hope Fletcher. Oh, yep. And I'm like, ooh, keen to see. It. I don't want him to ruin it though. Um, but I do think he is a great producer. Great. Your oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um. What did you think of Cats the movie? I didn't actually see Cats the movie, but I'm very <gasps> keen to see it. I know, scandal, um, did not see Cats, really wanted to see it to see what the hype was about, but had not seen it. So when it is on DVD, you and I will do a Cats night. Oh yeah, I've seen it and there was a review on my YouTube channel. If you're interested, let me know. I had some interesting thoughts and opinions on that one. Mm. All right. A show you wanted to see, but you haven't seen. Oh, a show I wanted to see, but I haven't seen. Um, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Ooh. That was a show that I fell in love with very much when listening to it for the first time. Oh, wait, no, Town. Oh, shit. Um, oh. <laughs> That's too many good okay, ones. Okay, I'm going to go with Town because just the story and the music of that show. And, uh, oh, it breaks my heart. All right, your turn. Um, what's a show you would always have wanted to see but never have? <laughs> um, Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, Dear Evan Hansen. Ooh, I really want to see it. Oh, oh. I want to see that. Yeah, Dear Evan Hansen. Definitely, it's definitely worth seeing. And I think, I think regardless of the cast, if it's been cast correctly, it's it's oh, beautiful. Really Jordan, uh, Jordan Fisher is that Jordan Fisher? Yeah, yeah, he's currently playing Evan. I'm ready for that. I'm ready yeah. for the videos. Yeah. Um. All right. So, your Broadway Broadway crush. Oh, my Broadway crush. Straight away, I know who that is. Jeremy Jordan. Oh, oh. be still, my beating heart. He's such a little cutie and like a little geek. And he's going to be playing, um, oh, what's the character? He's going to be in Little Shop of Horrors. Seymour? Yeah, he's going to be playing he's Seymour playing in Seymour. Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Oh my gosh, can't wait to see that. Yeah, I know, definitely. Um, okay, your dream role. Dream role? Alpha in Wicked. Okay. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I mean, like, generic. No, no. I think it's. I think it's. Whilst it's a generic answer, like, there is always that kind of one role that oh, you're like, that you're, if I got yeah. the opportunity, cool. I would take it in a heartbeat. Take it in a minute. All right. Worst musical you've seen. Worst musical I've seen. Yeah. Oh, it is an Andrew Lloyd Webber actually. Um. Oh, what was it called? Did we see it together? No, I oh. saw it. It was at um. Oh, God, what is it called? Whistle Down the Wind. Whistle Down the Wind? I'm pretty sure that's what it was called, Whistle Down the Wind. Oh, wow. Um, which had nothing to do with the production I saw. I just, I don't think I was a super big fan of the book itself. 100%. All right, last question. Um, ooh, 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 ooh. Worst musical you've seen, actually. Worst musical you've seen. Oh, this is a hard one. I feel like 
Okay, there was a musical that I saw the other day, which is cool. Not saw, but like I was online and I was like yeah. looking up things. And it's Escape to Margaritaville. Okay, everyone go watch that. It's so like... Actually, that was on Broadway when I went um, and the same time that I saw Big Fish. And because we were considering going to see that. Oh my God. Yeah, so that one and also... I'm going to be controversial and say if then. I feel like Adina Menzel. It has to be done right. It has to be done with Adina Menzel. It was written for Adina Menzel. And I feel like it's really hard. It's got some great moments in there. It could be really good, but it's really hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Yeah. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening in today. That is the conclusion of our first podcast. Ta-da! So I hope you did enjoy. And of course, if you have any thoughts, feelings, opinions, feedback, feel free to either jump over onto our Instagram, check it out. We are new to this. So if you've got any thoughts or feelings about what you want us to talk about, if you went, I'd love for them to go into more depth about that or this different topic. Or even the technical stuff. If if it sounded awful on your end, we're sorry. We're new. We've got one mic to work with. And we just want to say a massive shout out to Kate who has actually done our artwork for our podcast. And it's so amazing. (laughs) We're completely stoked with it. So if you guys want to check her out and get any work by her her art account is another average art account on instagram yeah she did an amazing amazing job of that podcast art i we just we love it every We're time so we happy. saw updates on it it was just like amazing so a massive massive thank you and shout out to kate um but anyway thank you so so much for listening this was p.s meet me at stage door and we'll see you next time bye, bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.